show notes. Oh no, instant poop. I'll be right back. I didn't see it coming. Oh no. Okay, Travis just left me. He has to, he has to go poop, apparently. Came out of nowhere. Shane, keep this part in. Maybe edit it shorter because he, I don't know how long it's gonna take. But the fact that he had to go poop, keep it in the edit. Keeps it raw, keeps it real, makes the podcast feel genuine. The listeners are there with us. Actually, you know what? While Travis is away, let me give some plugs in. This is, we're recording this early Monday morning. So what's our coming up in the Nerdy Bunch? Today we should have uh, up at some point today, our weekly news podcast. That'll be up. Mike Rocker Mike and I recorded that. Had a few interesting news items to talk about. On Tuesday, this will be released. So if you're listening to this, it's Tuesday. And uh, you should have listened to the news podcast yesterday. On Wednesday, which will be tomorrow for listeners listening to this on Tuesday, we have one of our newest podcasts, the Otaku Lounge, um, where some of the guys talk about all things anime related. On Thursday, Raven and I started a brand new podcast titled Back to the Feature, where we look back at old movies, movies 20 years or older, and we discuss full spoilers about them. This week, we will, we will be discussing John Carpenter's The Thing to stay in the Halloween season vibe. Last week, we spoke about Halloween, the 1978 movie. And then on Friday, we should have a few reviews coming out. We have Gerard Butler's new movie, Hunter Killer. And we also have the new movie, Johnny English 3. Ron Atkinson, a.k.a. Mr. Bean himself, reprising his role as super British spy. And uh, probably a couple of Netflix series as well we will be reviewing. Um, This week, we had the release of Daredevil Season 3. And um, I think a few of the guys want to review The Haunting of Hill House. So we have a lot of content coming down for The Nerdy Bunch. So keep it locked on The Nerdy Bunch. Check our pages every single day, Monday to Friday. And as always, guys, keep it nerdy. What do you think there? I did there, Shane? You think that was a good job? I think that was pretty good. Good job, pretty Shane. Good. Perfect oh. timing for Travis to have his poop and come back. Look at that. I kept it running. Dave, that was like, that was like fucking, that was like the Pearl Harbor. I didn't see it coming out of anywhere. <laughs> you know what it was? It was? It was even more like Pearl Harbor because I should have expected it because I just drank a whole bunch of this coffee. Is true. So it's you see, like, you, you tried to. Surprised, you know, not surprised. You to play innocent, you know? And then like a real American, I drink my coffee right. again. I want it again. I want it again. Don't worry. Now, what um, did I get? I, I, I kind of kept the podcast going while you were away. So Shane doesn't have to edit anything out. I gave I gave a listeners right. a preview of what's coming up this week. One. Hello, everybody. What is a bunch of uh, high school kids, one particular that finds a sword in what seems to be a destroyed column of a building, uh, a couple of Mexican narcos, Diego Luna, and... Nicole Kidman going all undercover have to do with anything? Well, they are the trailers for this week's Bunch of Trailers presented by the Nerdy Bunch. Keep rolling, rolling here into the fall, winter, gray area. I am the American Yank. And as always with me, always in my heart and always just across the screen, English what, Dave. What, what, what's up, Travis? Uh, melancholy Dave. Nothing but melancholy and and depression after my Sunday loss with my my dear dear Philadelphia Eagles. I, I am sorry. 
Well, Dave, beyond beyond my extreme melancholy, which will undoubtedly result into my, you know, just just mellowness for this entire trailer breakdown because I'm psychologically broken for at least the next seven days until we can uh, get back into Jolly Ole. We're, we're playing over at Jolly Ole at Wembley on uh, Sunday, 9.30 Eastern nice. Standard Time against nice, the Jaguars. Nice. Bringing, a, bringing America's first city into, uh, into the old London. Um, but Dave, I've actually had quite a week and, uh, you know, nerdies stick around because we're definitely have to talk about these, but, um, the Yank here saw finished up big mouth and then saw the kindergarten teacher and Colette starring Dominic West and Kira Knightley and, uh, got quite a bit to say about everything. So, uh, a good, good round of, of viewing happened last week for me. Awesome. A lot of recognition, but that is not what we're going to be doing today. Dave, we are going to be jumping into just three trailers this week. And um, the first one, The Kid Who Would Be King. Can I tell you, Travis, before we get into this, I'm just, you know, um, full disclosure. This is probably my most excited trailer. This is the one that's going to have me the most excited. And then the rest of the trailers, I'll just be normal, which is still fine. I don't think we have a bad trailer this week. I I figured we'd... I figured we'd be uh, splitting hairs on this first oh, one, Dave. I am excited, excited. For many reasons beyond the trailer. So let's go into the synopsis first, first of all. Old school magic meets the modern world in the epic adventure, The King Who Would Be King. Alex thinks he's just another nobody until he stumbles upon the mythical sword in the stone, Excalibur. Now he must unite his friends and enemies into a band of knights and together with the legendary wizard Merlin, take on the wicked enchantress Morgana. With the future at stake, Alex must become the great leader he never dreamed he would be. This stars Patrick Stewart, Rebecca Ferguson, and introducing Ashbourne Circus. Yes, Travis, good old Andy Circus's son himself is playing the lead kid. This is very interesting and directed by Joe Cornish, who is the writer of um, one of the co-writers of Ant-Man, has worked with um, Edgar Wright a lot and was a director of one of my favorite British movies, Attack the Block. Now, Travis, have you seen Attack the Block? No. Oh my God. Okay, that's your that's your trab for next week. Attack the Block is the sole. It's a British movie um, from the same director, and it's the sole reason why I am super excited for this film. Tonally, like if you didn't know, you watched Attack the Block and then saw this trailer, you'd instantly feel like, okay, is this the same director? Because it feels the same tonally. In fact, Attack the Block was one of the um, debut films for John Boyega. Um, he was big in that film. And both movies feature kids as a protagonist as well. Um, I'm really into this. I like the feel. I, I mean, I'm someone who loves Arthurian lore. Arthurian lore is stuff that I read when I was a kid. Um, one of the books I read was uh, The King, who, The Once and Future King. So I like how this is titled The, King, the Kid Who Would Be King. It kind of plays on that kind of title. Um, of course, this is playing with the Arthurian tale. Arthurian tales have been told many a time in film, but I think this kind of has like a, it brings something interesting to it. it it's a modern British take on it with a kid uh, in, in secondary school, not high school. And, um, but I also like that it's a movie that's aware of itself. There's a line where the kid says, that's ridiculous. I'm only 12. You know, so it's a movie that is aware of itself, but at the same time, it seems to have, a big, bigger budget than I expected. There's scenes at the end where you see it really gets epic. Like, it's a lot of sight. There's a lot of yeah, uh, special effects. It gets in really, there. really epic in there. Um, 
yeah, I'm into this. I think it's a fun film that looks looks to be fun, where it's a balance between a kids' fun movie and a grown-up fun movie. And I think if it following the 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 setup from Attack the Block, I think it may succeed in being that film that's able to handle both. I like the scene where the, the, they they have to form a, a an army and none of the kids want to help, and the teacher's like, "Well, this is instead of going to class," and everyone's like, "Yes." <laughs> yeah, that, that one kind of threw me off. I wonder. I'd like to see how they kind of convince her that this is a this is happening. This is a a, a real actually. Thing. That's a yeah. good point because one of the things I noticed from the trailer is that you know you know these kinds of films usually have similar beats where the kid finds out he's something special. He tells his best friend, and he has to keep it away from all the grown ups, right? Whereas this one seems to be that they don't keep things away. They're not hiding things. He even tell at the end of the trailer. I'm not sure where that's in the movie, but at the tra- end of the trailer, he even tells his mom that scene where he's just like, Lady in the Lake, please reveal Excalibur. And then Lady in the Lake pulls the sword out of the bathtub. Which leads me to my other point. It does a good, or seems to be doing a good job of sticking to Arthurian law, but modernizing it because that's part of the law where the Lady in the Lake pulls the sword out from the lake. But this time they have a bathtub because he doesn't have a lake. So I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. Um, the use of Google Translate to translate old school Arthurian English was a nice little modern touch. But like I said, I think this is, again, Carlos and I have been discussing for a long time that we want Joe Cornish to do another film. I think Attack the Block was like 2010 or something like that, a while ago. And his films are fun. He's very good friends with Edgar Wright. So Edgar Wright's movies and his movies tend to have like a similar feel to them. And I think for me, that's what's really drawing me. And I just want to see another Joe Cornish movie. He's one of my top directors and he needs to be working more often. Travis, you haven't seen Attack the Block, so what are your thoughts on this trailer? Uh, well, first, for all of you laymans out there, when David talks about Arthurian lore, he's talking about King yes, Arthur and the sword and the stone. Uh, for most people, that is actually a person. It is not a uh, Disney <laughs> creation. So yeah. it's actually Disney history. Uh, you know, yeah. you can... Can never tell with this, uh, Dave. I I didn't really catch the magic on this one. Um, something about the kids' films, you know. I don't know. I mean, I'm just growing out of it. But the, the, something the, about this is the this guy who's like me. super in love with Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's totally different. <laughs> that's like that's a different. That's that's different. All right, this is this one. This one's like with the with the with the secondary school kids and uh, you know finding this this relic so of the past a, a in sc- like a column of a broken so a school building. Kid, a school kid who finds out he's magic. Uh, as destiny maybe Dave I don't know what you're trying to relate here but I just don't see the connection and he uses he uses a long magic thing I don't see the comparison I just don't know where you're getting this at Uh, anywho um I'm not gonna be seeing it I and it's not for lack of story or anything like that it's just it's not it's not intriguing to me uh it looks kind of cool uh just in the action sense of the word um, always down to see another circus bring on the talent. Um, but that being said, Travis, um, can I can we, can we make one of our patented famous bets? What that if I see Attack the Block and then have to go see this and see what no, I think the about bet it is you're gonna watch Attack the Block and then you're gonna want to watch this. I guarantee it. That's the bet. The bet uh, is all I'm asking you to do is watch Attack the Block. 
And then next week, we're going to have a conversation and you're going to tell me if you want to see this now, if you're interested. I'm not saying you're going to love and rush to see it, but I think after seeing Attack the Dark, you're going to be like, okay, I do want to see this now. All right, uh, we can leave it there, Dave. I think that's a reasonable bet and wager to have. That's your I'll take it. I'll take Attack the Block. Um, so, guys, that comes out March 1st. So you still Good got time. a bit of time to go see a couple of things to get you on the Joe Cornish uh, train. I think you'll like it. I think get Attack the Block it. for me, it's, and I could do a whole podcast on it. As someone who's British and grew up, born and bred, well, not born, bred. Someone who's British and grew up British. It's that a lot of movies I watch especially American movies about British life, completely Harry Potter, completely mis- completely get how British schools and British life in the modern age, they don't get it. They get it all wrong. Harry Potter is not a good example of, of any British school kids. But then Attack the Block showed a perfect example. I was like, yes, this is my life. This is the Brit- Britain and London I grew up in. And this new movie... So your life isn't directly correlated with the in-betweeners? I mean, in-betweeners is close as well. That does a pretty good job, but that's a different different part of England as well. It's not really my my part. But Attack the Block is the perfect example of my kind of London. And this new movie seems to be following that pattern. That's why I'm super excited. So just add a sword <laughs> and and this is like yeah. tit for tat. I do like the gag on the... Um, on the yeah. round table, when they're like, "Lift up the wings, lift it's up like, the wings, lift it up." See, it is. I like the fact that they has to, you know, he has to seemingly team up with his bullies as well to kind of get together and then fight this evil. Um, apparently, that's um, Patrick Stewart playing Merlin, though obviously he's not playing young Merlin. So I guess I think there's yeah, there's a there's a snippet of Patrick yeah. at the end of the trailer yeah. doing all whirly stuff. Uh, I want well, Dave. That could be that could be a real diamond. Uh, a real diamond. We'll, we'll see we'll how see. this one goes. So really action packed. I think it's going to get a lot of kids in again, there. Again, I'm so, hoping it, you know. again with Joe Cornish's background. I'm hopeful that it's yeah. a film that appeals both to kids and grown ups. That balance again. Attack the Block did a great job of that. Mm-hmm. Well, there's almost absolutely no transition from going into a high school. Uh, I'm sorry, secondary school. Authorian tale into our next trailer that dwells deep into the drug rings of Mexico and the next installment of Narcos colon Mexico. Narcos Mexico. Narcos Mexico will explore the origins of the modern drug war by going back to a time when the Mexican trafficking world was a loose and disorganized confederation of independent growers and dealers. The series will chart the rise of the Guadalajara cartel in the 1980s as Felix Garaldo takes the helm, unifying the traffickers in, in order to build an empire. Wendy <laughs> Garaldo. Hey, what, what, you're, married to, you're married to a lovely woman that speaks the language. Why aren't you picking up some of this stuff? Yeah, she's she she's sitting next to me and giving me a look. I'm gonna misspell it. Janae, just <laughs> stare at him at the Gallardos. I mean, gosh. Um, where am I? Uh, da, 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 da. When DA agent Kiki Camerana moves his wife and young son from California to Guadalajara to take on a new post, he quickly learns that his assignment will be more challenging than he ever could have imagined. As Kiki gains intelligence on Felix and becomes an entangled in his mission, more entangled in his mission, sorry, a tragic chain of events unfold, affecting the drug trade and the war against it for years to come. This stars Diego Luna and Michael Peña 
and it's set for a release on uh, November 16th on Netflix. Travis, you are a fan of the first seasons of Narcos. I know this plays more like uh, an anthology, so this is not a continuation, but obviously it's aimed at people who like the first series. So I'll go to you first. What does this trailer do for you? Uh, at first, Dave, I thought it was a little tone deaf given the last Narcos trailers, just because it had this kind of uh, suave to it. It was, it was kind of reserved in a way, but like the extremes were there because you felt like you were in this very niche story, even though the, the grand scale of, of what started in the first two seasons and how it extends now into Mexico is grand, but it felt small. This one felt more of a blockbuster in the first watch around. It felt just a little bit more... Yeah, a little bit more blockbustery. But then I watched it again, and it, it felt like a little bit more Narcos esque. But um, I, I just am excited because it's not like you're gonna get tampered down in Mexico. I mean, the Mexican drug cartels are some of the most famous in history. And to kind of expand on um, Diego Luna, which by the way, whenever you hear, whenever I hear his name, do you know the skit in SNL with uh, when um, Will Ferrell says Diego Luna in it? Or is it an SNL skit? He's like, Diego Luna. I just I can't, I always think of that. But uh, Diego's character is Miguel Angel Felix Gallardo, uh, born in January 8th, 1946. Commonly referred to by his alias El Padrino, or The Godfather, is a convicted Mexican drug lord who formed the Guadalajara cartel in 1980s and controlled almost all of the drug trafficking in Mexico and the corridors along the Mexico-United States border. Um, and then there's spoilers with the rest of the Wikipedia. So this, this series seems to show that his rise, right? This is the rise. So even in the beginning of the trailer, you got to see that it started out with marijuana, and then uh, cocaine came in from Colombia, and then that just turns everything up to eleven. So I think you're going to see a person who was, you know, not so different than the rise of the last series is of of Narcos. Is like you have these people that are comfortable in their drug dealings. Um, in marijuana and then cocaine comes in and everything just gets shot up to 11 you know damn it marijuana you gateway drug yeah <laughs> right at least that had a plateau now now cocaine's in there it's like no we can go further we can go longer we can go harder um so this one dave diego luna looks looks good i will say this i this was probably the first time that I wasn't excited and perhaps a bit disappointed with seeing Michael Pena cast in, oh, yeah? in this role. What? what? Yeah, because um, I don't know. I, it's it, like, you know that Michael's a great actor. He's not, it's not the lack of him being able to execute this role. Um, it's just kind of familiarity at this point. It's like, oh, there's Michael Pena. <laughs> They'll be interesting to see what... Um the kind of path his character takes as the the undercover cop sent to take down this person, you know, like, because in the synopsis, it says he moves down to Guadalajara with his family. So right. I'm, I'm wondering if that it's going to obviously play into it, having to balance that family life, but then you're also working undercover and yet you're secretly a cop. You know, of course, that's going to come to a head at some point. Right. And, and, and here's the thing, you know, you know that Michael's going to do well. Like he he plays that family man. Can, you know, the watch was the perfect. I just imagine he's going to play like the watch, right? Maybe a little bit more humble, a little bit more naive. But um, I mean, you just know he's going to be good. And then I just look at the last, the the previous Narcos, um, and he's a 
I don't know if his name's Household, but he's so familiar with Pedro Pascal, who played, um, coincidentally, Javier Pena, who was another uh, agent in there. And then his, uh, let me see, his his counterpart was um, an actor by the name of Boyd Holbrook. And, and then the gentleman that ended up playing um, uh, Pablo Escobar, his name is uh, Wagner Mora, but... I'd say that pain. Uh, I'd say that Pascal is probably the most familiar, but not knowing them really engaged into that whole storyline. Now, Michael Pena is such a good actor that you'll be able to fall into his character. But that being said, the first thing you see is like, oh, Michael Pena is in this, and it's almost like, I don't know, it's not like it's mainstream. I guess you could say that with Diego Luna, but Diego Luna, for whatever reason, seems a little bit more, um, not unrecognizable, but. You just some people just might not, you know, associate him with more of his more iconic roles. But Michael Payne just seems like he's very much the, uh, you know, he's the radio star. I guess you could say on the mixtape. It's like that one song that, you know, is going to be played on the radio. So people are going to watch it. Maybe maybe they have him because I almost see his character could. I don't know. Again, again I don't know. Easily idea. die off at any point in this story. <laughs> no, no. More so like his character could be the audience surrogate. You know, so you're kind of more following him than you are following Diego's character. So you're seeing Diego's through the eyes. I don't know. I'm assuming. I'm, I'm making a. Have you seen the first Narcos? No, I have not. I so the the Narcos is is basically just a it's it it doesn't capture anyone's point of view. Some episodes you spend more time with another person, but there's no okay. like here's my story about how I took this down. I am Michael Payne. It's like. Here's just the two parties going back and forth. You know, yeah. one will spend more time. So I think that, uh, and then is Michael, plays? does he play an American in this one? Yeah, DEA agent. He has DEA agent, yeah. 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 Here's what Michael's really good at. And this is why I think he's going to do well in it. And I think that it's ultimately going to be just uh, nothing but a little bit of debate, bringing it up. But ultimately, you know he's going to do well. Is that Michael's very good at playing that happy-go-lucky, naive character, and then then things switch on, and then he turns into like a totally different dude. And that's kind of what happened in the last Narcos, kind of the origin story again. Um, so, you know, rock on. Maybe they did need another cast member to say you were going into a new. You know, people fell in love with the Colombian storyline, but that's gone. So now we need to go into Mexico. Yeah, who are they going to watch it for? You know, perhaps this was a smart casting um, for someone who's a very big fan of the series ever since day one. I could have taken some no-name Mexican actor and been totally fine. Yeah, but yeah. if well, they're maybe, trying to bring in more people, then this is yeah. A, maybe I Netflix. Netflix cast. wants the clout as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I really like the in terms of the trailer itself. I like the use of '80s music to kind of solidify the '80s setting. Mm-hmm. Um, the use of I think the song "White Lines" by Grandmaster Flash. Do you get it? White lines dealing with drugs. Uh, 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 do you get it? Uh, uh, uh. And even even the way the trailer was cut, you know, with the editing and the montage sequence, it did feel like an eighties TV show. I think that they even got the outfits and the costumes right. The tone of the trailer. I think yep. in terms of trailer itself, they gave that eighties aesthetic uh, feel to it, and I think they did a good job of that because it instantly, if you didn't know and you were kind of like passing by the screen, you would think it was an eighties trailer for an eighties series. Yeah, and they actually did. Um the even the the separated screens yeah, you know, exactly the three the, the three panel screens was pretty <laughs> that kind of awesome. reminded me of like miami vice yeah i was just gonna say that like those typical yeah no spot on yeah spot like, on. that was pretty cool 
Now, Dave, would this uh, would this get you watching? You see, here's my thing. I don't care for drug stories and drug lord stories and all that stuff. It's not, it's not my forte. Like I don't. It's just not a story I'm rushing to find out about. And if I did, I might just watch a documentary about it or just read an article. It's not, 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 not to put down any of these stories. It's, it's very hard for me to watch a movie about the drag game, unless you're doing something completely unique and different. I don't know. I can't remember the last one I watched, to be honest. Right, right. But it does look good. It looks good. It does. It does look good. It does. And uh, in the words of Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, we leave with diggity dang, de dang, diggity dang, de dang. Right. All right. On to our final one, nerdies. A one that uh, might take trailer of the week and could be on the tip of the tongue of those Academy members voting this holiday season for Best Actress. Um, if the words on the screens were not evident enough of how good apparently this actress and director duo are in the upcoming movie, Destroyer. As a young cop, Aaron Bell went undercover to infiltrate a gang in the California desert with tragic results. When the leader of that gang re-emerges, Bell must work her way back through the remaining members while confronting her own demons. This stars an unrecognizable Nicole Kidman, Tony, Toby Kebbell, Tatiana Maslany, Sebastian Stan from uh, Captain America, Scoot McNary, who <laughs> Shane wrote in the notes from Batman v Superman, fucking useless. <laughs> <laughs> no, Shane literally wrote that he's like Scoot McNary, he's from Monsters, Argo, and he was the dude in the wheelchair that blows up in Batman vs. Superman. Fucking useless. <laughs> Love your notes, Shane. Love your notes. This is directed by Karen Kusama, who directed the terrible Eon Flux, but the really good girl fight. So this could go either way. Uh Travis, once again, I'll let you take the lead on this one. I'll give you the lead on this one. Well, a totally unrecognizable Nicole Kidman is about as spot on. Uh, truly, truly unrecognizable. Um, Dave, you know what I instantly thought of just watching her character move around in those last scenes when she's walking through? Um, she just had this uh, this Joker of, of Dark Knight appeal to her. Like, she's just this. Just that'd be, that'd be interesting to do a female Joker. I'd say that would, right. That'd be, I'd say. I mean, that'd be, this is this to me. This is like Nicole Kidman's monster. You know, that's the first thing I thought of. Like Charlize Theron, I yeah. thought of her and Monster, and I also kind of thought of it's like a mix of Monster and not story, but kind of character. It kind of reminds me of this could be Nicole Kidman's Training Day. Okay, you know, like she gives evokes that kind of character, like the undercover cop. You know, I see that Denzel kind of nature where it's like you're becoming this hard ass person it, it yeah well i mean she's this woman that clearly has in the beginning of the trailer you see her walking with her daughter and then somehow shit goes awry and um she gets thrown into an undercover and then by the end of it by the end of the trailer for whatever the reasons we see her gunning down people and oh, just wow. looking <laughs> completely like, just Damn. zonked right so this um you know this woman looks like she's complex and I'll tell you, the trailer itself looked like a wild ride. I mean, um, something that looks like it's totally immersed. I wonder if I'd be primed to think so without all of the accolades that are attached to it. Like, reading those um, 
reviews, you're like, well, this has got to be like one of the best movies ever made. If, you, if, the, <laughs> if the prize of it is like the best performance and a unbelievably stunning masterpiece captured by uh, Kuzama, who Dave, I don't know anything about. I've not seen Girl Fight. I didn't know Eon Flux was a thing. And then she's also director of The Invitation, and I don't know anything about Funny that. Funny you say that Eon Flux is actually a movie starring Charlize Theron. It is. I yeah. see that she is uh, draping that charcoal black hair. Yeah, it's based on a, on a, I think it was based on a comic book or animation. It's terrible. It was a terrible movie. Just hot garbage. Yeah, just complete hot garbage. At a time where comic book movies were, were mostly hot garbage. It was hot garbage of hot garbage. So that tells you how bad it was. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so if this, this movie uh, turned out to be good, that will be a good step up for the director. There you go. Well, I mean, apparently it is. Apparently she's unbelievable in, in her direction and it's a marvel. And, uh, you know, just tack it on to those, those really come out movies. I mean, you think of, um, I'm trying to think, Chastain, what she play? And she played in that, uh, it wasn't Hurt Locker, it was um, Zero Dark Thirty. Which was, uh, yeah, Jessica Chastain's like come out movie. Um, trying to think of a few others that just like stand in these really gritty, gritty movies. G.I. Jane. That's old school, going back, way back. G.I. Jane. Not seen that one. What? Demi Moore, man. Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, G.I. Jane at the time was pretty good. Yeah, well, that it, her, her, uh, her shaved head inspired many, many. What's the name again? The, the actress, G.I.J.? Demi Moore. Yeah, Demi Moore, yeah. Demi Moore, Vigo Mortensen, Anna Bancroft. John Michael Higgins! Look at John that. Michael Higgins was in there. John Michael Higgins, one of the best comedic... I will say what finds me, what I find interesting with this narrative, at least from the synopsis, is that it's not the typical, I'm going undercover, oh shit, just got real storyline. It's, I'm going undercover, shit happened, but it didn't happen well. But whatever, people got put in prison. Now it's years later, the shit that happens coming back to haunt me. She seems like she goes in deep from what we can just yes, tell. I mean, yes. there's that um, the scene with who we assume is her lover because she says, I love you. So yeah. that's pretty obvious. But, um, you know, they're like, we're in it and, and things are going to happen. And I guarantee you, we're going to see her just conduct murder. You know, like like it's just, I feel like we're in there um, in this like really just deep undercover role. Um, but what, and I'm, what I'm alluding to is the fact that I think we're going to see a span of time because again, uh, it certainly seems so. Yeah. Because I think, and I think the daughter has to do with it. I think we're going to see her before she had the daughter, when she was undercover, she got out from undercover after the mission was complete. This is now years later when she has a daughter, the people she put away are coming back to find her. And and I think I think that scene where we see her with the daughter running through the woods, I think that's kind of framing the movie. I think at some point they're going to come after her daughter or something like that. Oh, coming after the family! What a just just a typical playbook play of the cartels, you know, yeah, and and crime. It's like low yeah. hanging fruit. Yeah, this would be interesting to see. Uh, I'm not yet ready to again, hundred percent. Say I'm gonna love it, or I'm gonna to rush to watch it. I wish this was a Netflix release. When it's is a it Christmas get... Day release? Gosh, yeah. I'll be doing other things bold. on Christmas Day. I don't think this is a movie I go to watch on Christmas Day. Um, but it's a movie I do want to see. Whether I see that in theaters is a different story. Um, I still maintain that my pick of the week is still the King 
kid who would be king because I got to support the my kid Brits. Who would be king? It's and... a British movie by a British director in a British setting with a British law. <laughs> Just being British. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I got to be British today. There you go. I hope that there is a. Uh, I hope that there is a Kingsman reference in this movie, or somehow <laughs> blend the two genres. That would be fantastic, Dave. My. I think that my trailer of the week is going to have to be Destroyer because it, uh, you know, it's got me thinking this could be a really good film. I'm kind of like you. I don't think I'm going to be rushing to it, Um, but it looks gritty and I'm extremely excited to see Nicole Kidman uh lose herself in this in this role because um you know ever is is anyone not a Nicole Kidman fan that's really the question ask Tom Cruise <laughs> oh oh excellent soon. reference too soon no not at all <laughs> um too I'm late. excited I'm excited to see Scoot McNary not be a fucking useless person in this movie according to Shane according to Shane <laughs> according to Shane Shane, yes. after you watch this movie, let us know if he's fucking useless or not, Shane. It's your job. Find out. Yeah, <laughs> if he's better than a man who got blown up in a wheelchair. <laughs> as defining role. Yeah, well, nerdies, like we said, short and sweet. Had to keep you on your feet. Keep it rolling and brolling throughout the fall and winter, depending on where you guys are. We have content out almost every day. Our website, our beautiful, beautiful gold and purple website is up and it's lovely. All right. Good job, Shane. Good job, Shane. And all of our content is right there, guys. Just the whole litany of it. You can catch up with us from months gone by. We are on the airwaves, voices, opinions, and we want to get yours, guys. We always want to get yours. So please, info at the nerdybunch.com. You can hit us up on all the Instagrams too, Twitters of the world, Facebooks. You got it, you name it. We'll hear it from you. We want to hear from you. And as always, guys, like, subscribe, comment. We only want five star reviews. If you're anything below that, then just keep it to get out of here. Only five star reviews. Get out of here. It's the only ones we subscribe to, the only ones that we recognize. So please, jump over to the iTunes store. It certainly does help. It helps us and it helps you. And frankly, guys, it helps world peace, which is what we're all about here at the Nerdy Brunch. So Dave, without that being said, any last words? All I have to say, guys, as always, keep it nerdy. Keep it nerdy. Shane, hit the music.